You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to Dilly Ding Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm James Sharp. With me today is Jordan Blackwell. We have been at Clawpwell's press conference as he previews uh, the Premier League clash against Huddersfield at the weekend. Now, um, there were lots of uh, talking points in the press conference and ones that have been building up following that pretty dismal 4-2 defeat at Bournemouth. And now the main conversation point for club well is his main man Harry Maguire. Mm. Now you looked at it earlier in the week, and he's been playing a, l- a lot of football yep. since he joined. We, we spoke about it after the Bournemouth game about how he looked leggy and how he and how he looked in need of a rest. Club well was asked today whether he will or is thinking of resting his main man Harry Maguire. What did he say? Um, well, in short, yes, he seems to he seems to think that a rest will be a good idea at some point. Uh, he said that he considered giving him a rest after uh, for the Bournemouth game because he played two sets of ninety minutes for England against um, Spain and Switzerland over the international break. Um, the Bournemouth game took it up to sixty three games for Maguire in thirteen months. Sixty three games, which is yeah, I mean that's just uh, run us through that because that is a hell of a lot. So not, not, not game by game, but yeah. <laughs> but there's so in that there is all 38 games from last season. He played every single minute last season. One of a few, only a handful of outfield players to do that. Um, a, a good um, chunk of of cup games as well. Certainly, I think all the um, certainly when Leicester got into the the later rounds, he, he played, and obviously some of those that went yeah. to extra time, particularly the, the Chelsea game. People may remember um, he played in every. England international break uh, from October onwards. Uh, then he played every game in the build-up to the World Cup and then th- throughout the World Cup. Yep. Um, even even that, that game against Belgium in the group stage where England were rotating players and nearly everyone was dropped, but Maguire wasn't. Um, so he's played a lot without uh, really having a break. I mean, he got rushed back, didn't he? He got rushed back. Yes. Um, there was the whole talk about, will Maguire and Varley play against United? Will you rush him back? Will you bring him back? Obviously, Evans had been injured at the end of the pre-season and Ben Lawan, um had looked pretty damn shaky. And so he rushed him back and after about four days of training. Um, and since then, he's played every minute of every game. So that is a lot of minutes in the legs of Harry Maguire. I know fans will say, how can he be tired? He's, they're, they're professional footballers. They pay loads of money. Try getting up at six o'clock in the morning and doing, and doing jobs like that. It's not tiredness is probably the wrong word. It's it's sharpness. It's being able to perform at your peak capabilities all of the time when it matters. And the fine margins in the Premier League are so small that look at his second yellow. Well, what could have been his second yellow card against um, Bournemouth? If he's a little bit sharper, probably gets there first because he's got a little bit a bit of lag in the legs. Gets there a split second late and clatters the man. How is Club well going to going to try and keep 
Maguire fresh, if at all? Um, well, I think this, certainly the the first thing is to to rest him for cup games, which I think he will do. Obviously, Maguire didn't play in the Fleetwood game, and it it's unlikely that he would play in the Wolves game next week. So that then limits it to one game a week. Um, I think what he really needs is to for England to have an international break where Maguire doesn't play, uh, and then he gets a, a proper break, or maybe an international break where he only plays a, a small role rather than playing ninety minutes twice. Um, but it seems to be that he's almost slightly fearful of, of resting him. He said that he was when he was considering resting him for the for the Bournemouth game that he was wary of the criticism that may that may follow if Leicester go on to lose without having Maguire. Now they ended up losing with Maguire in the team, and you know, probably criticised regardless. Yeah, so it, it, it's that's, a, that's an odd mentality yeah. to take for a manager to to be wary of criticism that uh, that he may or may not receive. Yeah, I mean, um, it's especially odd considering that, well, for all intents and purposes, and we'll come to it in a, in a while regarding his formation, Poel always strikes me as someone who is stubborn as hell yeah. and doesn't really, whether he gets criticised or not, doesn't really matter to him. Um, because if he were swayed by criticism or public um, cries, Wes Morgan would not have played as many football matches as he has done for Leicester City. If Paul's received so much criticism for for that, yet Morgan has been a mainstay of his side. So I'd, I do find it odd that he should be fearful of fan backlash, because he's had his fair share anyway. Yeah, I don't know if it's maybe a, a different mentality. He, he spoke briefly about... Um, how things are approached in in France and where the, the big players well, well the, there's a pressure for the big players to play all the time mm. they never want you know in terms of the media and the fans they never want the, the key players to ever have a break and maybe whether that's that's influenced him and maybe he's thinking you know that's almost sort of subconsciously affected his judgment and he thinks well I've got to keep Maguire in the team because he's our best player or one of our best players um yeah, so it's certainly interesting, but I think in, we'll eventually see him get a break, um, maybe around the Christmas period, I think, which I know is a long time away, but I think there'll, be, there'll come a point where Leicester's games stop being one a week around that Christmas period, and something will have to give, and he'll have to, he'll have to give Maguire a break. But... Not, at Hud- not against Huddersfield? No, I can't see it, no. I Especially think. with Wes being suspended, yeah. and... Well, Saunchi, you might say, is is probably ready, but especially with Wes not being there, I think I know I know some news outlets have taken Wells' quotes when he's considering resting Maguire against Huddersfield. I can't see that. Not with not with Wolves no. coming up on Tuesday, and he can just miss. He can just rest that one with little fuss. I can't see him missing uh, Huddersfield. No, I think to if if he was to rest Maguire as well, then it's going to be Evans and Soyunja as the centre backs, and all of a sudden that's. A completely new pairing. One playing is one making his second start for the club, and one making his first start for the club. That doesn't strike me as a good idea. Um, so I think at least Evans and Maguire have ninety minutes together that Wolves game uh, 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 last month. Um, so I think that will be that will be the way he goes. And it, to be honest, he's 
well uh, implied that today, which is usually quite coy on his team news, but yes. um, sort of revealed it fairly openly today. Yes, lovely segue into essentially the team news, which is... He was always going to get asked about this, because we always knew that Morgan was suspended, and we always knew that someone would come and have to replace him. And we pretty much knew it would be either Johnny Evans or Charla Soyuncu. I expected Puel to be asked about it and for him to say, I will make my decision on later in the week and you'll find out on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. He didn't say that at all, though, did he? He said pretty much that Johnny Evans will play. Yeah, which is... Um... Which I suppose is good in a way that he's 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 confident in his decision that, um, to announce it already. Um, but he said that Evans is an experienced player, a fantastic player, uh, one who would usually start on a Saturday. Um, you know, throughout his career, Evans has been first choice pretty much wherever he's been, other than maybe when he was first coming through the ranks at United. Um, so I suppose that makes sense, and I think Evans was signed. Two start games for Leicester City, so you know we're this is the we're six games into the season, the Huddersfield game. So it's you know it's probably about time that he he started starting games. Um, but yeah, obviously Puel has a, a, has quite a lot of faith in him, and I'm not surprised that he's gone for the more experienced option. No, um, I, I suppose the question there is why has he not played more? And I guess um, well, two two things really. One is it because he looked rusty as hell against Wolves. Um, and that's what, even though they, they ended up with a clean sheet, Evans did look very shaky, very rusty. He looked like someone that hadn't played much and had yeah. been injured in pre season. And he admitted as such. <laughs> yeah, as I spoke to him in the, in the, pre- the mix on afterwards, and he said, Oh, that wasn't good, was it? Um, so th- there's that coming in. Then the second question really is Are we happy, or will fans be happy? And is it the right decision for Claude Puel to start with Johnny Evans and not Charles Winger? Um, yes, I think so. I think if, I think part of the reason, yeah, I, th- I agree with you in terms of Evans's rustiness. I think it was to do with his injury and maybe not being completely fit. I think the other issue with centre backs is that the partnership is really key. Uh, with centre backs, and that's maybe why we've seen Morgan uh, and Maguire start more often than not because they have a, uh, an already established partnership, um, so they know each other's games. Um, anytime you bring in a new centre back, you've got to build up a new partnership, which is key in terms of restricting the striker space and uh, and all that. Um, so no, I don't think it's. I'm not surprised that he's gone for Evans over Suyunju either. I think there's. There's an experience there, and I think Evans will be able to. Evans has played enough to quickly establish a, a partnership with Maguire because he'll be able to read how Maguire plays. You know, Evans is a very highly rated centre back. Well, he, Arsenal wanted to sign him, and Manchester City yes. wanted to sign him not all that long ago. Yeah, and he's intelligent. He'll be. He reads the game very well. Um, you know, because for a centre back, you he's not the. You wouldn't say he stands out in terms of, you know, being big and bulky, and you know he's going to shrug off attackers like like Wes Morgan does. Um, but he's got, but he reads the game very well. He he knows how to defend. Um, we didn't quite see that against Wolves, but I think probably with a bit more fitness now, we we will start to see that. And I think he'll um, 
he'll be fine in, in building a partnership with Maguire. Although I was just thinking one thing he did say was about the playing on the right-hand side, and that'll be interesting to see whether Puel switches that, because Evan said he's always played in his career on the left-hand side of defence. Yeah. And all, and then in that that, uh, that Wolves game, he was asked to play on the right, because Maguire always plays on yeah, the Yeah, well, I spoke to, when I spoke to Evans afterwards, he'd even, he said himself one of the reasons why he had struggled was because of him playing on the right side and he'd been used to playing on the left every time. And I then jokingly asked him, does that mean that Maguire pulled rank on you? And he kind of laughed it off and went, oh, I can't, I can't tell you, I can't tell you that. But yeah, you're right. I think that, that would have played in it, would have played a part. I think the other concern that fans might have, and that will lead us on to the next point about Paul's press conference is Against Bournemouth, Morgan and Maguire both played alongside each other. Neither of them are the quickest. Um, and both got shown up for their lack of pace against Bournemouth. A lot of that was because of Leicester's formation, which saw Ricardo Pereira and Ben Chilwell basically playing as wingers for most of that game and leaving Leicester with just two defenders. And they got caught out for pace and then were, they were isolated. If Evans comes in, which he's going to, he's also not the quickest, which would leave Leicester again open to that kind of attack. Puel was asked in his press conference today, are you going to change system? Because there's been loads of calls over the over the last week and we've all written about it and both all talking about it. Can, will he change to a three-man centre-back partnership? Will he go three at the back and give Pereira and Chilwell the licence to bomb on? Um, and... That would allow him to bomb his centre, his his, his fullbacks on. Well, said no. Is that a concern with Evans coming in with Maguire? Are we going? Is it a concern that him not changing system is going to result in the same thing that happened at Bournemouth? Um, no, I think it's less likely because I don't think Huddersfield are as good, and nor do I think they've got as much pace on on the attack as as Bournemouth did. Um, I can understand. I understand his reasoning. I think what was for those who obviously weren't in this press conference, um, we do have an explanation of what he said on our website. If you want to go and read that, but for those who haven't, what did Puel say? What was his reasoning? It, essentially, he he believes the defeats that Leicester have suffered are not due to the formation; that they are because of individual mistakes. Um, which which I think is a perfectly acceptable. So we don't need to change. We just need to be better. Yes, uh, which is fine, and I think he. He's clearly looking to to build a Leicester City that can break down teams that sit deep. Um, and he feels, to do that, he needs a striker, a number 10, two wingers, and then probably their two full-backs. Um, now, I think that's probably sensible. I think they clearly need something Leicester have always struggled with in terms of breaking down the opposition. And obviously Leicester have previously had quite defensive fullbacks. Mm. Now they've got another two players in support there. Um, so they're going to be creating more chances. He clearly feels that that's the right balance to, to take. Um, I think the concern is that Leicester didn't deal well enough with the fullbacks bombing on. Um, I think that comes down to Ndidi and Mendy having better games. I think... They need to be aware because they're not they're not impacting mm. the game in an attacking sense. Yeah, that's what not what they're there to do. So they need to be aware that they 
need to push wide and cover um, when Pereira and or Chilwell bomb on. Um, so I think that's... I don't think he's too concerning. I, I think a, a lot of it came down to players being a little bit jaded after the international break. Um, and so I think we will see a better performance, hopefully without as many counter-attacks from Huddersfield as we saw at, the, at Bournemouth. Yeah, because when you, you mentioned it there in terms of trying to build a team that can break teams down. When Paul first came in, I remember his very first press conference, he said, it's all well and good counter-attacking, but we need to build a way where we can play and break teams down that you can't counter-attack. Because Huddersfield, and Huddersfield, fittingly, are quite case in point here in the sense that they will just sit deep. They won't let any space in behind Vardy to counter-attack. Leicester won't be able to hit them on the break because they'll just post 10 men behind the ball. So this is the way that Leicester have to... This is a game which can perfectly encapsulates Puel's desire for a team to be able to break down a defensive opposition. I think you're right when you talk in terms of at Bournemouth, it's to steal Claude Puel's phrase about finding the good balance between defence and attack against Bournemouth yes he wants those 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 fullbacks to attack to be able to create chances and Leicester did create chances at Bournemouth Vardy had a number of efforts that were saved Madison hit the bar um, but then at the same time you can't afford to lose the ball high up the pitch when you've got everyone attacking and it, and we spoke about it at the press conference it reminded me of when not to compare Claude Paul with Pep Guardiola but when Pep Lost to Leicester when the, when they got stuffed here a couple of seasons ago, and he said, "Look, I don't teach how to tackle." He came back the following year and won, and he was asked what had changed, and he said, "My philosophy hasn't changed at all. We still play the same way. We're just better at it. Yeah. We just the reason why we got hit on the counter against Leicester when we got beaten was because we weren't good enough with the ball. We lost the ball too high up the pitch, and because Leicester, Puel's trying to play, not." They're not trying to play as well as Man City, but they're trying to play a possession game, which is what Man City play. They just play better than everyone else. But Guardiola's point was, we won't get hit on the counter-attack if we're better on the ball. If we make the right decision when we're in, in possession, that doesn't matter. Leicester's problem at the weekend was, they were, because they were too attacking, but they were making mistakes higher up the pitch and leaving loads of space in behind. The midfielders weren't covering. So... I kind of agree with Paul. I mean, I, I'm all for I was pushing all for three at the back, but listening to what kind of Paul's kind of saying, you can see what he means. He says this isn't all the problem. We're just making mistakes in it. Yeah, it seems it seems totally reasonable approach, um, but I think he's also justifying it because he doesn't want to change. I think if if he was to change, I think there would be so many teething problems with a new formation that. You know that it's the sort of the Leicester could go on the sort of run that could see his job on the line. So I think, you know, if he wants to make this work, he knows he's got to stick with it and persevere. Yeah. Fans will argue if he if he keeps playing like he did at Bournemouth, then his job will be on the line anyway. But I think Paul's point, like you say, is he's this is a system that he knows better than three at the back, and if he can fix this system, then they will be fine. Yeah. Something else that he was asked about um, in his press conference, which came out um, at the start of the week-ish, um, was that 
was the story about how Leicester, a couple of Leicester players, a story, story by Sky saying a few Leicester players had been annoyed at the fact that Leicester had Leicester's players had travelled by bus and not by plane to the game at Bournemouth, um, and that had frustrated them for whatever reason. They flew down to um, Southampton, um, yet they took the bus or the coach to Bournemouth. Poel was asked about this. Um, he looked a little bit surprised that he'd been asked by it uh, about it because he didn't really know why he was being asked about it, um, and he came up with quite a nice, quite a nice phrase. Yeah, well, he said he said that uh, Leicester City's players are big boys, yeah. which um, <laughs> which I thought was quite was quite a, a fatherly thing to say, really. Um, but uh, yes, he, he thought that he said it was it was discussed beforehand and that everyone was fairly happy with it, um, and that it's not something that can be used as an excuse for the performance that followed. Um, you know, that he said that they know what the faults were in that game. Um, so yeah, I think I think yeah, he did he did seem surprised by it, and to be honest, it's not a usual topic to be. No, I mean, obviously last year they had the issue when they went down to Stampton last season and they did fly and they they got stuck on the runway for hours afterwards because of some clerical error. Uh, But they'd already flown down to Stampton again this season and there was no issue there. Yeah, I mean, mean, my reaction to it is pretty similar to what Claude's reaction was to it, which was, come on, you big big boys, get on with it. Um, So... Yeah, well, that that was that to be honest. Yeah, it's it's it's. I think it's it's become a talking point because it's slightly unusual. We're used to players Leicester City flying to games, um, certainly this, games that are, are reasonably far away. Um, and, you, and you know what? I could understand if some of them were a bit annoyed. I don't like being in the car <laughs> travelling for five hours or whatever. Um, so it's I can understand them being some of them maybe being a bit peeved, but being angry, I I can't see that, and and Powell seems to suggest no, that that's I, not the man, case. I think I think another thing that it, cause it all it kind of ties into loosely ties into the slow kind of emergence of like last season we had lots of leaks from behind the behind the scenes of fans of players being frustrated with with Powell's tactics or unrest in the camp, and they've all kind of been put to bed now. A couple of players have come out recently and said, "Last, just a load of nonsense." So I think there's a bit more interest in it because it kind of plays into yeah. that sort of narrative. But like you, it's a storm in a, in a very small teacup. Yeah. Um, and just lastly, before we we wrap up this, um, just briefly, is that uh, it's a player who's not who is a Leicester player, but he's not at Leicester at the minute. He's currently on loan at West Brom, but he is. Pretty much tearing the championship up, and that is uh, Harvey Barnes, the uh, the young forward. He's been doing brilliantly for West Brom, uh, absolutely fantastically well scored. I think he's got three goals and two assists already in his eight games. Poel was asked whether he would recall Barnes because last season he was on London Barnsley, doing great things there. He recalled him in January. He was asked again today, Do, would you consider it? And he said. Yes, I probably would. Um, do you think he will? No, uh, I don't That's think fine. he. Yeah, uh, he, I don't think he will. No, I think he's he's getting on so well. I think the thing with Barnsley was that. Did you just call him Barnsley? Uh, no, the thing with Barnsley, <laughs> okay, the team, right. uh, was that they weren't doing particularly well. 
So it wasn't particularly... Um, it wasn't as helpful for him to be on loan at Barnsley because they weren't quite such an attacking outfit. They were having to defend, to defend a lot because they were facing relegation. Um, so that's why I think that's why he was recalled, and they thought they probably thought, well, okay, well, we'll get him a few, get him to play a few cup games. Now he's on loan at, at West Brom. They're very attacking. They're the high scorers in the leagues at the moment. He's playing regularly. He's they're going to finish probably in the top eight. Hope probably hopefully for Barnes in the top six, um, and so it, I think it would make sense to to give him a whole season there. I don't think Leicester need him back. I think. When he does come back, he'll eventually be great competition for Madison. Because um, he's been playing in that hole from. Cause yeah, he had, I mean, talk, he, we, talk, we used to have him. We used to see him out wide, but he has been playing in the hole. Yeah, and two of the, the three at the back. That's the system West Brom have been playing, um, like a three-four-one-two with with Barnes in the hole behind Dwight Gale and Jay Rodriguez. Uh, and you know what we from what we've seen and what we've read, he's doing an extremely good job in that role, and he's the the heart of everything that. West Brom do when they're moving forward, um, so it's really. I mean, it's really good to see that he is doing well and that he's adjusted to a different club um, so quickly. Um, but I don't think we'll see him in the Leicester shirt again until next season, when he'll. I think he'll play a similar role at Leicester. I think he will become um, a, a rival for Madison, yeah, especially when, as we saw all of last season, all of the. Players around Madison who aren't Madison who got a gig at, at number ten last year, well, just didn't fancy. I mean, as you say, we tried Diabati there, we tried Mara there, we tried Okazaki there, we tried Inacho there, we tried Gray there. None of them did what he wanted them to do. Madison's come in and done that. I think if Barnes can continue the development that he's doing now in that position, he he seems more like the number ten that Quell likes, the, the bloke that gets on the ball moves it forward, drives forward, creates things, scores things. That all seems to basically describe Madison, really. Because I know I, I sent a message to um, one of my friends who, who covers um, West Brom uh, for the Express and Star. He was tweeting about how great Barnes was, how he keeps performing again and again and again. And I joked, again, until he comes back to Leicester. And he replied, being like, doesn't matter, you've got Madison, that's enough. I'm with you, I think Madison is enough for now. Unless maybe, unless of course Madison gets injured, and he was injured in the last season. Say Madison gets injured around January time, and Leicester are in desperate need of a creative midfielder, then perhaps he'll get recalled. But like you, I think he's probably best off where he is for now. Yeah, I think it certainly makes sense. Um, he's doing well, doing really well, um, and I just think it would be a. It would also, I think, it'd be a bit of a blow to his confidence if he's, you know, he's, he's getting to play regularly mm. uh, and really well. And then if he was recalled and maybe he's going to sit on Leicester's bench or whatever and maybe play a few FA Cup games. That was what happened last year. He came back, yeah. he, got, he got recorded in January, played three Premier League games at a combination of eight minutes and started two FA Cup games and came off halfway through. That's not good for, that's not good for your development. As good as you're playing in a championship in a top team, Week in week out, yeah, no, absolutely not, and it's um, yeah, and it's it's really exciting to have uh, a young player on loan doing so well that you know will come back and and have a big impact on the team, and particularly one that's a, a, a local lad as well and that's been in, coming through the academy for a long time. Mm, certainly, so that is all um, for this edition of Dilly Ding Dilly Dong. Uh, we will be back 
um, next week where hopefully we will be um, dissecting and discussing a victory, a much-needed victory from Leicester City over Huddersfield. Check back with us on the Leicestershire Live website. We'll be running a live blog from the King Power Stadium um, at the weekend and we'll bring you all of the build-up and the action and the reaction analysis from that game on our website and in the paper. Um, So thank you for joining us and we will see you again soon.